Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the April 19th episode of the bull bear banter. Tom is out today. Good Friday not only meant we had a short trade week, but I also had a tough time getting a guest host to banter with me this week. With the slow and short trade week, we may be skipping a lot of banter on the bull bear banter this week. I'll be running through some market highlights, and following that, I have a special guest segment with Steven Johnson, a member of our soy merchandising team here at Landis. Thursday afternoon, May corn closed up a quarter of a cent at 358.5. That was down 2.5 cents for the week. December corn closed down half a cent at 386 and a quarter. That was down two and three quarter cents for the week. May soybeans closed up one and a half cent at 880 and a half. That was down 14 and three quarter cents for the week. And November soybeans closed up one and one quarter cent at 913 and a half. That was down 14 and a quarter for the week. Looking at the CFTC trade data from last Friday, it showed the funds posted another record large net short position in corn. They came in just shy of 272,000 contracts as of last Tuesday. Compared to the previous week, they grew their short position by about 25,000 contracts. Managed money came in about 71,000 short in soybean contracts this week. That was little change from the previous week. Even with the lack of news this week, I'm going to try to pull some bull bear factors for you. For corn, on the bullish side, I would say export inspections are up week on week, just over 11%. That was 25% behind this time last year, though, so it just kind of depends on what you want to focus on. Export sales report showed sharply higher sales this week of 947,000 metric tons for old crop. The range of estimates was 500 to 850,000 metric tons, so it came in well above what trade was expecting there. On the bear side, field work is progressing despite the continued talk of weather delays. The market knows these producers can catch up quickly, so we're having a hard time of the chance of rain really affecting the market at this point. Both corn and soybean markets saw a dip on Tuesday. That was a side effect of low prices in the wheat market. The bears are looking at the expected rains in the Midwest as being beneficial to the wheat yields. So we did see some downward pressure there. And that just kind of seemed to carry through, even though we saw maybe a little bit of a bounce back in the last couple of days. It just short week, not a lot of news, not a lot of upward market movement or reason to. Looking at soybeans, the bullish factors, Nopus crush numbers for March came in at 170 million bushels of soybeans. That was the second largest total on record, and that was 2 million bushels above most trade estimates. So U.S. soybean processors are doing their part to offset the burdensome soybean stocks. On the bear side for soybeans, that doesn't seem hard to find a bear aspect for the soybean market. The weekly export inspections were down 48% from the previous week. We only saw two cargoes, 130,000 metric tons, on their way to China. White House advisor Larry Kudlow stated, we're making good progress with China, but trade is weary of a lack of visible progress, and the markets are really reflecting that. So 
as always, we want to kind of talk about why does this matter, and I would just like to say, don't get so busy planting a crop that you forget to market the grain. Make sure you take time in the coming week to touch base with your grain marketing advisor about your pricing goals and offers, see if your pricing goals have maybe changed with the recent market movement, and continue to keep an eye on those 2020 futures levels and consider marketing some, I'm talking anywhere from 1% to maybe 5% of your expected production for next year. In our upcoming events, what to be watching for, we are starting to see some crop progress reports being released. These reports come out on Monday afternoon and they show the planting progress as of that Sunday. And trade is gonna start to rely more on these numbers as planting progress picks up. We're really gonna be comparing you know, where we're at this year compared to this time last year, compared to the average, and any variations from what trade is expecting is gonna be our market movers here in the near future. As always, if you have questions or comments for us, make sure you drop us an email at podcast at landiscooperative.com. Now, if you all hold on while we sit down with Stephen to hear a little more about our Ralston soy plant. So today I'm joined by Stephen Johnson. He is our soy merchandising manager here at Landis. Stephen, can you just tell me a little bit more about what you do here and everything? I manage and merchandise or manage the merchandising of our soybean crushing plant in Ralston, Iowa, and I focus on buying soybeans, selling soybean meal, which we call Soy Plus, and s- selling our soybean oil. And uh, with that, there's a lot of risk between the three commodities, between beans, meal, and oil. And uh, that's I try to do the best I can to manage the risk um, between all of our cash contracts, futures contracts, and uh, bases. Okay. And you talk a little bit, sometimes we have these, you know, these market meetings and everything about board crush. Can you maybe explain what that is a little bit more to our listeners? Well, at the soy plant, um, we buy beans and sell meal and oil. A standard conventional grain elevator would buy soybeans and sell soybeans. So there's uh, a big difference in our, in our business structure or business model. And board crush represents the gross margin between what you sell and what you buy. We buy soybeans and we sell soybean meal and soybean oil. It's just when you look at the futures, beans are quoted in bushels, meal is quoted in tons, and soybean oil is quoted in uh, pennies per pound. So board crush represents the gross margin of all three of these contracts between your sales and your purchases. It's just that um, we we use a futures contract to put it all into um, one, uh, I guess, index, and it's all in um, uh, dollars per bushel. Okay. So Stephen, obviously I came on to Landis as a grain marketing advisor for the Ralston plant, buying beans from the farmers Mm -hmm. for our plant. Everyone knows that the Ralston location pays a premium for soybeans because of the plant, but you could maybe give us a little more detail about the product that we're producing there Mm -hmm. and why it's a value added aspect. Well, one thing, like I just had mentioned a little bit before, is that we don't just buy beans and sell beans. So anybody who does that is going to have a little bit of a more limited, um, you know, uh, gross margin model uh, in their business model. Uh, so we're buying beans and selling meal and oil, and the, our meal is a value-added uh, feed ingredient called Soy Plus, and it's uh, we've engineered it over time, and it's uh, considered a bypass protein, which is a specialized protein for enhanced milk production in dairy cows, and that's what gives us extra value. Um, that when it's being fed to cows, it produces higher higher milk uh, quality and more milk in quantity. So that's really what change you know is a differentiator in the value that we bring to our producers. 
Okay, great. So obviously this project is going to dairy producers. Could you give us a little bit more idea of where these producers are? This is not just an Iowa-based No, product. not at all. Uh, in fact, maybe 5% of our sales or less uh, stay within uh, the, within Iowa. Uh, on a weekly and a monthly basis, we're shipping Soy Plus everywhere from the East Coast to the West Coast, Canada to Mexico. We even have some international shipments that go as far as the Middle East. So we're roughly hitting anywhere from 20 to maybe 30 states every single month. Um, we sell single cars of rail of soy plus all over the United States, you know, from Vermont all the way down into central Mexico. And uh, so we, we have end users all over the United States and uh, beyond. Great. Yeah. So obviously a wide, a widespread net there, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of networking and relationships mm-hmm. involved, you know, working with customers, mm-hmm. it sounds like, and, and your salespeople for yep. the product and everything. Mm-hmm. So really good to know. And I mean, we go through a lot of, a lot of beans there at Ralston, right? Yeah. I mean, we crush over 20 million bushels in a year. Uh, we can um, crush over 70,000 bushels uh, in a day. So we uh, go through a lot of local um locally grown bushels, and we're glad to do it. Yeah, I think it it definitely builds a good relationship for us with our farmers in the area growing those beans and kind of networking with them to get them in the plant for this use. So it's really nice, you know, as the company that we're able to kind of put this through the chain. And And we're able to do the processing right here uh, in your backyard in Iowa and uh, keep the value in Iowa, and it creates more jobs. It creates, you know, a higher bid for the farmers and, um, it's just, it's just a win-win for everybody. Yeah, and also, so we're using that meal, right? Can you tell us a little bit about what happens with the oil? The oil, you know, we're you know, in Ralston, Iowa, and we have a trading partner, uh, REG Renewable Energy Group, and they have a biodiesel plant uh, connected to our uh, soybean crushing plant. And uh, there are our predominant, you know, 99% of our oil gets turned into uh, biodiesel. So that, you know, in terms of vertical integration from the farmers, to our plant and selling soy plus um, to dairy farmers and having REG right there at Ralston, there's a lot, lot of value, and uh, there's just a lot of money that turns over um, through the plant, through the, both plants, uh, the West Central Crush plant and the REG biodiesel plant. Great. Well, that I mean, definitely good to know. You know, even though I've been involved in this and everything, to just hear a little bit more about the product and where it ends up and everything, I think our listeners are really going to appreciate mm-hmm. hearing that. Stephen, the other thing is with the recent. I should say recent, it's been going on for about a year now, but the trade disagreements with China and everything, how has that affected your role as a merchandiser? Maybe has that gone into... It's made, you know, the, the tariffs and the trade war, it's really put a lot of pressure and stress on us on a daily basis. Um, farmers, luckily, you know, soybean farmers, they got nice subsidies, which I'm 100% for. I grew up on a farm in North Dakota, so I'm all for the farmers to get subsidies, especially in times like this. The, the subsidies, however, have kind of disrupted uh, the, the supply chain of, you know, uh, just the commodities moving off the farm into the elevators and throughout the rest of the supply chain. But other than that, I mean, that's the biggest issue that we've uh, faced is farmers just haven't been selling like they normally do. And in the world of uh, commodity trading in merchandising, oftentimes we need to make a sale before we make a purchase. In order for us to be able to have a live bid and a competitive bid to the farmer or the local area producer, we have to know that it's basically sold. So, and that isn't always, we, we don't have it sold, you know, months and years ahead. It's it's 
kind of simultaneously. But with that said, oftentimes the sales need to come before the purchases. But with the way the tariffs have worked, it's really um, put a kink into uh, the, um, I guess, the, the, the daily and the weekly transactions between all of the cooperatives and the producers. Great. Well, I think that's a great perspective that we haven't got to have here on this podcast. Um, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? No, maybe? we're just, uh, we're here to serve you and we appreciate all your business and uh, it's been a pleasure here to, uh, to work with you guys, even though you may not know me, but I've been here for over 10 years and uh, glad to be a part of the system and to bring you the best bids that we can here uh, for your soybeans. Great. Well, Stephen, we appreciate you taking the time, especially with it being Good Friday, kind of a little slim pickings here in the office today. So I think this was a really great thing. I think people are going to appreciate hearing about this. Again, you know, thanks for coming in and talking about it with us. I think that's all I have this week for everyone. So we want to appreciate you for joining us on the Bull Bear Banter as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we look forward to talking with you again next week. All right. Thank you.